right thing, we can enter into a space where we don't even need to forgive, right? Because most of the time we're forgiving ourselves for not actually doing the thing that we were supposed to do in that moment. It's just, we want to hold the other person responsible. And so if I could just acknowledge, hey, I, I dropped the ball there, but then there's also another part to this, then I don't need to sit down and have to forgive anybody. Indecision is a paralyzing state that casts a shadow over the potential for progress and personal growth. It manifests as a roadblock, hindering individuals from moving forward on their paths and embracing opportunities that lie ahead. So in this segment, we'll be discussing the significance of being decisive. What does it mean to be decisive? And I want to frame this from the I am, right? I am decisive. Can I be in the sense of being, can I be a being that is decisive? That is a great question. It's probably more something that you strive to be. I don't know if you can be in every, or if you will be in every situation. And that if you, uh, if you're not, you should, if you're not in some situations, I don't know if you should feel bad about it. It depends on what the, the situation is, but it is something that we should all strive to kind of be is, is to be decisive and, and make that decision. Yes. And that kind of comes back to uh, embracing the adventure, right? Embracing the adventure of it all. Because being indecisive is, you know, related to that doubt and that fear. And a lot yeah. of times that's because we know that we cannot manipulate the outcome, right? A lot yeah. of the time, it would be nice if we could guarantee that this thing is going to work. But a lot of times just come back to, you know, embracing that adventure of it all, being clear on what your intentions are, and then being willing to make the decision, right? And we, we talk about that decisiveness muscle, we do believe that is a real thing, right? Like yeah. any other muscle, if you don't work on it, it's yes. going to start to diminish, right? Yeah. So when these opportunities come, take that opportunity to be decisive, right? And then uh, make that decision right or wrong after you make the decision, but you want to make the decision though. Uh, but yeah, just coming, it all kind of comes back to that power that we have in embracing uh, the adventure, the adventure well, and, of life. And in everything, there's growth, right? So, you know, yeah. Indecisive, 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 until suddenly you are decisive. But it takes courage mm -hmm. to go over the bump, right? And then yes. you fail, you fail, you fail, you fail, you fail. And then as you get courage and you go into the success, then you can you can maintain that consistency in success. And then one of the other things that I have recognized, even with myself and in my own healing journey, is that sometimes our indecision is very much connected with our traumatic moments, right? There's nothing worse yeah. than making a decision and then it causing you harm. And so forever in a day, you're going to go, should I, you know? And so you almost, you yeah. go back into that traumatic moment, not wanting to make a wrong decision and constantly yeah. kind of doubting yourself. So you mentioned the word doubt before. Mm -hmm. So take us into your doubts. And then how did you overcome those doubts and then step into the place of courage and then start then being decisive more and more and more? Uh, for me, the the doubt thing was, I would say that's, that's probably Tony Robbins, right? He showed this thing called the reticular activate. We all have the reticular activating system. Uh, he did this exercise with people where he's right. Uh, he says, okay, we're going to, you got 10 seconds to look around the room and find anything that's brown, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So he, <laughs> He tells them, close your eyes, look around. They give him 10 seconds to look around. All right, find everything that's brown, everything that's brown. They look around. All right, now close your eyes. And then, you know, raise your hand. People are naming things that are like tan, cream, because they want everything to kind of be brown. Uh, and then he says, okay, 
<laughs> and then he says, okay, now name, keep your eyes closed and name something that's blue. And they couldn't, right? And they were all like sitting in blue, they, they were all sitting in blue chairs, blue stuff all around them. But they were so focused on finding that brown. And the way the mind works is it's going to delete the other stuff that you're not looking for. Right. right. So you're talking about focus. And then with my kids, me and my son were talking about yellow cars. And the next thing you know, we see a bunch of yellow cars. <laughs> but uh, but for me, kind of. He brings it in. And and then the other part is the yellow cars were always there. But because you're now talking about the yellow cars, then you see there them. You go. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You're going to get, they've always been there, right? You just haven't seen them. Your mind has just been deleting them because yes. that's, not, that's not what you're focused okay. on, right? You're focused on something else. Right. Uh, so that's what you're finding. And that right there for me was, was powerful, right? I had to change a lot of stuff that I was listening to, right? A lot of stuff I was watching. Like I, yeah, I stopped watching movies, TV, all that kind of stuff. Uh, really? And that was, big, yeah. yeah. And is that the is that because they bring to focus the things that you don't want to focus on? Is that why you made that decision? Because a lot of what I was watching and listening to was was negative imagery, right? It was negative imagery. A lot of it was just negative stuff. And then and then as I got a better understanding, it's like even the stuff I thought was good stuff was bad stuff, right? It's like, oh my God, I didn't even know this was... <laughs> right? I mean, I can't even look at superhero movies the same nowadays, right? Because like at the character is always some poor person and then some magical <laughs> thing happens and then they get, it's like, I don't like the messes that you said. So, but yeah, for me, um, reducing what I was consuming, a lot of the stuff I was consuming and then being more intentional, right? Why am I watching this? Right. <laughs> right? Like, what am I trying to gain? Right. What is the point of me watching that? So now are you suggesting just, that even the things that we watch, if they're negative, that that draws our focus to the negative, even though we don't consciously want to do that? And then does that make our perception of life then and every experience that we're having outside of that also negative? Is that the message that we should be hearing? Yeah, the, the main message is that everything affects you. Everything that you choose to watch is having an effect on you, right? Coming back down to that, the choice of it all again, right? And you are an active participant in whatever it is that you're choosing to watch. So it's just yeah. about really being intentional. And then why are you watching it, right? What what is what are you trying to gain uh, from this stuff? And then, yeah, for me, yeah, that helped out a lot because you are influenced by it. Let's say if you watch scary movies, right? You may expect scary things to happen. Yes. Right? Like for my... For my daughter, she used to do the whole lock the door at night, right? Lock the door and all this stuff. So I sat down with her and I, she was, <laughs> we got to the bottom of it eventually. She was like watching a bunch of ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I sat down with her and I'm like, okay, so you're saying lock the door. I totally understand. But it's like, why are you so scared that someone's yeah. going to come in here, right? And really breaking that down. Yes. And, and then getting to the point of, do you think bad things are supposed to happen to you? Right. Like that's really what the bottom of all this is. Yes. Like, do you feel like you're doing things in the world to where people are supposed to be coming to get you and really getting her to kind of realize that I'm a good person? Yeah. Right? Like, why should I be expect? I mean, life is going to happen and we can't control it, right? Life yeah. is like the seasons and, and the bad things are going to come. No doubt about it. But the opportunities are also going to come. Yes. Uh, but a lot of that is us just kind of being clear on who we are. Why do you, why are you thinking that bad things should happen to you? Right? right. And just getting her out of that mindset. She's out of it now, but a lot of that is just using logic to kind of beat these things, you know, right. because all of it's in our imagination, really, at the end of the day, fear and faith are both in our imagination. Right. So it's just about kind of acknowledging that 
and then trying to navigate it purposefully, right? If I'm watching something, how is this helping me? Right. Right. I, I watch comedy stuff now because I love to laugh, right? I watch a lot of, I love YouTube. YouTube is like a video library to yes, me. Absolutely. I love YouTube. I can learn about anything on YouTube. So I'm like, man, the options that we have out here are incredible. But whatever it is you're looking for, is what you're going to find. Here's why is it so hard to, you know, like before 35, we don't seem to wake up to this. But can you imagine a society that woke up to this when they're 15 or a society that wakes up to this when they're 13, just before they go into puberty and all of that stuff? Right. Can you imagine a society like why is it so hard for has no generation before us? ever desired for their children to be exposed to things that are actually fruitful. (laughs) And, you know, has no generation before us made the decision, like, like something's really wrong here. And like, we need to shift, you know, all of this stuff that comes in at us. Why is it so hard, Hughes? The nature of the human, I guess. The nature of life. I mean, I don't think it's something that'll ever be solved. Right. But I think that, I think that us fighting the good fight is still worth it. You know, I think it's still important for us. 85% of people are going to do the easy thing. 15% may choose to do the kind of harder thing. And that's kind of what it comes down to. You know, it takes effort to get up and read about something that you don't really understand. Yeah. And then to come back, you know, and read it the next day and over and over again until you start to, and that hurts, right? We talk about uh, the finger trick, right? Like doing this, alternating your finger, the thumb and your pointer, like alternating that. And trying yes. to do that 10 times in a row like that, yes. it's, it's painful to yes. learn it. Like it hurts your fingers. It's hard to do. Uh, but that's kind of what learning is. And that's that's why people shy away from it, because, you know, it's, it's tough. <laughs> it, it's not easy. And then all those negative kind of low vibration messages, they're everywhere. So right. it's it's tough. It's, it's tough, but it's still worth it, though. So have you encountered challenges in balancing decisiveness with say collaboration. I mean, you talked earlier about, you know, being part of a team. And so obviously in teams, we have to be collaborative, but then there are sometimes we have to make decisions that are really for our good. And yet it may cause some harm to the collaborative process. So how do you, (laughs) one of those balances that we all struggle with, right? So what's the best way to manage that? Yeah, you know, we, we keep it simple. We keep it simple in those situations. You just want to be honest, mm-hmm. have those tough conversations. You know, for me, uh, that's what I've had to do. Uh, I've had a situation back when I was with the state uh, where we were putting together a team to kind of plan some conference. Yeah. And uh, the director wanted a person on the team. And there was three of us, four of us on the team at the time. But the four people or the three other people on the team were like, we don't want this person, Right. The team was telling me, like, hey, we don't want this person. And I wasn't the leader per se, but I was kind of the de facto yeah. leader in that situation. So yeah. they were adamant. They were, we don't like this guy, right? So I'm like, my goodness. It took me a couple of days. Uh, but in that situation, in the best interest of the group, I had to voice their concerns to the director who, who wants to bring this guy on. So I had to, you know, and that was like her buddy, too. Uh, but I had to go in the office and let her know, hey. This is the situation, right? Yeah. Uh, you got you got to stand on the truth of this thing. We, got, we have members already, and we're already kind of moving in our direction. 
Yeah. We're getting a lot of resistance in terms of this guy. They don't want him on the team. So I just want, you know, it's your decision, but I just wanted to let you know that this could affect us adversely on the team, right? Uh, and it, it worked out. She didn't put the guy on there. Uh, she told me I was brave for coming and telling her. And I was like, you got to be honest. And that's another thing that I learned from all this kind of maturity, life talk and all that stuff is <laughs> if you do the hard things, life gets easier for you. If right? you try to do the easy stuff, life will stay hard for you. So it's like when you have those tough conversations, what I try to tell myself is yeah. try to have them in person as much as you can. Yeah. Right. Because you're sometimes you're going to let people down, but that's not my intention. Right. And I want to be in your presence, sincerely sitting with you, letting you know yes. why whatever the decision was made. But my yes. intention is not to hurt you or harm you. So, yeah, I try to deliver all bad news in person and it just you have to deal with it. You know, the negative, the awkwardness of it all, the discomfort. Um, yesterday I had this, uh, scenario in a team meeting because, uh, we're now transitioning to what's called the becoming Institute, where I'm going to be teaching people how to do the trauma, uh, trauma recovery work that I do. And so ah, congratulations. Thank you. It's a, it's a challenging time because I have many decisions to make and, and I'm getting better every day with my decisions. And yesterday we mm -hmm. had this scenario where, we were working with somebody who's uh, into profit uh, acceleration. And as the person was working with us, we were, you know, analyzing websites from competitors and that sort of thing. And so then we had to sit down as a team and have a dialogue. And I was asked, well, what's our industry? And I said, our industry is education. And then one of my team members, she said, well, isn't our industry wellness? And so because I didn't actually pipe up and say, no, our industry is education. The uh -huh. conversation was taken in a direction that really didn't give, get us to the place that we wanted by the end of our meeting. And so uh -huh. I found myself a little bit miffed. And then I thought to myself, well, just go forgive it because I'm a forgiveness. You know, that's the grounding of everything. But then I realized I need to have a conversation with her, you know, yes. And <laughs> yes. conversation needs to be about you got to follow my lead. You know, I, I know you think this is a wonderful collaborative process and I'd like it that, you know, all of us participate, but at the same time, I need you to follow my lead. Otherwise yes. it's going to bring us into places. And I owned it. I said, I own the fact that it, I had an opportunity to correct the course mm -hmm. and I didn't, but mm -hmm. if you could help me out in the future, and just see where it is that I'm going and just line up with me, that will get us to the place where I want us to go. And mm -hmm. she was very appreciative of my message. And she responded in a very respectful and wonderful yes. way, actually. And then I recognized if we do the right thing, we can enter into a space where we don't even need to forgive, right? Because most of the time, we're forgiving ourselves for <laughs> mm -hmm. not actually doing the thing that we were supposed to do in that moment. It's just, we want mm -hmm. to hold the other person responsible. And so if I could just acknowledge, Hey, I, I dropped the ball there, but then there's also another part to this, then I don't need to sit down and have to forgive anybody. Right. And that was such a, it was such an interesting moment for me because I tend to be the type that wouldn't actually speak it. I'd rather forgive it, move on from it. And then, you know, the next time if something happens, then maybe I'll address yeah, it. No. But I am being required in this yes. moment 
to rise yeah. to a level where it's like, okay, you have a responsibility here as well. So accept the responsibility right off the bat. And then, you know, this doesn't happen again, right? Let yeah, me know that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. But what that does, now it opens the door for her too, for now you guys to have honest conversation, right? When you do something like that, you're giving for other folks the right to, to be honest and, and be forthcoming with each other, which improves everything for the team, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, great, great job, great job, yeah. And that progress you're talking about, that's a continual thing. Yes, growing and progressing. If you were gonna challenge our listeners at this point with one thing about decision-making, what's the priority thing you'd wanna challenge them with? In terms of decision-making, I would say, uh, Upfront clarification is, is a good thing, especially in group settings. On our 30-day challenge on day 12, is called roles and goals, right? And what we say is with any group that you're on, establish those things up front. In any relationship you're in, establish those things up front, having those uncomfortable, like you said, conversations. Yes. But, you know, what, what are we trying to accomplish here? Number one, what is my role? What is your role? Because, you know, disappointment and all these other negative emotions are normally based on expectations, yes. right? And people are normally not clear on their expectations. Yes. So it can kind of run the gamut. And that's why we say, hey, when you're operating these group settings or in any relationship, the best thing for you to do is clarify those roles and goals up front. So we'll know when to be disappointed and we'll know when to be happy, right? Like Very that's kind of what it is, <laughs> giving us that clear kind of roadmap. Very good. Very good. Audience, you heard it. So roles and goals. Yeah. yeah, Roles and goals. You know, think about your relationship with your partner and think about what's your goal for your relationship and that's your role. And then, you know, what's your role and what's their role, right? That avoids so much of the disharmony that can happen. Think about your family. Like if you think about your family, what's your family's goal? Does your family get together on a regular basis and decide what's our family goal? And then what is each person, no matter if they're five years old or they're Mm -hmm. 50 years old, what is each person's role and goal, smaller goals within the family? And then what's the big goal that everybody is working for? And then, of course, your workplace, right? What's the mission and the vision of the organization? What's the mission and the vision of your team? Do they match? And then- You think about what it is that you're trying to achieve for the year, then what's your role in that? And then obviously your director, or if you're the director, then I guess you can set whatever that goal is. That's my life essentially, right? All that stuff you just said. Yes, I'm all about it. Yes, indeed. Very good. good. Goal setting. Oh my good. Without goal setting, uh, I don't know where I'd, I'd be lost somewhere. Setting goals, though, oh, my goodness, changed my life. And I do that for my kids, with my family. I send them out my goals, like, <laughs> just in case you guys can help me. That's how I kind of, you know, frame it. Like, just in case you all can help me. These are my goals of the next, you know, year, three years, whatever the case. Uh, but, yeah, goals, very important. Very important. <laughs>